It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what the philosophy should be at number eight. Just say no to aging running backs and say a prayer for the Hawks tonight. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked on today to get started. You can follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So here's what the philosophy should be for the Atlanta Falcons in picking number eight. Not so much specific players. Like we talked about yesterday, if Jalen Carter fell to number eight, I don't know how you pass on that talent. I I just don't know three years of tape in the SEC dominating the league. I don't know how you pass on all that. So more than just a specific player or whatever falls, okay? The philosophy should be not best player available or things like that, okay? But if you have a guy that's a first-round talent, because we always hear these things about, well, picking that guy at number eight or whatever is too high. You know, he's more of a low or mid-tier, you know, or bottom half of the first-round guy. Here's the thing. If a guy is a first-round talent, you don't shy away from him because you have to go best player available or different things like that. The I mean, if Nolan Smith or Keon White or Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy or whatever, you know, no matter what the name is on the back of the jersey or Jalen Carter, if somebody's a first round talent, you can't be afraid to take that guy. You know, the Giants did this a few years ago when they selected Daniel Jones and they had those three first round picks, right? They had three guys that they picked in the first round. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, Daniel Jones was selected too high and and he should have been the third of their three first round draft picks. Well, if he's your guy, you can't be afraid to go get him. Now, look, is Daniel Jones a top tier quarterback or whatever like that? No, but he had a really good year last year. He helped get the Giants to the playoffs and he got $40 million. He can't be doing anything. I mean, he can't be all that wrong. Right. And the Giants look at him and say, okay, he's our guy. We're going to hitch our wagon to him. But the idea of, well, he should have been the third, things don't always work out that way. And if you have a first round talent, again, no matter what the name is on the back of the jersey, you can't be afraid to shy away from a guy like that just because a maybe a better, you know, for instance, Maybe Bijan Robinson grades out to be better than Keon White. But if Keon White's a first-round talent and, and you need a player of that ilk, you don't take a, a Bijan Robinson simply because you think he's a better player 
than what Keon White is, or, well, it'd be a reach to grab a Keon White at eight. No, if you're a first-round talent, you grab first-round talent. doesn't matter if you're picking one, eight, 32. It doesn't matter. You know, oh, Lamar Jackson's a bottom half of the first round. Well, you think a lot of teams wouldn't have mind picking Lamar Jackson when we know what we know now? And I know hindsight is always 2020 on everything. But this idea that you 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 got to get a guy where he's slotted because some nudnik, you know, for sporting news or PFF or Yahoo or Yahoo or whatever, you know, says, well, you know, he's not worthy of the number. If if Nolan Smith is a first-round talent, I don't have a problem picking. If Keon White's a first-round talent, I don't have a problem picking those guys. You 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 forget about where you're picking in the draft. Now, obviously, if you're picking number one, you got your pool of everybody, and you better hit on a player like that. But when you're at number eight, and, and you're trying to, and I'll say it like this, and I know people don't want to hear this, but when you're trying to fill a need, when you're trying to make a difference in the positions that matter most in the NFL, not just wide receivers and tight ends and unicorns and and you know whatever farm animal you know you can you can attach to it. If you're if you're if you're a team that you identify a specific guy or a specific position, you know again the Giants didn't do bad by taking um, uh, the, uh, the the quarterback. Now I just forgot his name, but Daniel Jones. You you don't you don't take a if if you think Daniel Jones is your guy, you take him the first chance you get to take him because it's such an important position. You don't worry about did I overdraft him or different things like that. You take a guy that fills a need position for you and you grab that guy. So again, if it's Jalen Carter, if it's Nolan Smith, if it's Keon White, if it's Tyree Wilson, if it's Miles Murphy, you know, whatever you decide is a first round talent, you can't be afraid to select a guy because the nudniks on Twitter are going to say, well, you drafted him too high. That's a reach. What Was it a reach for where the Cowboys picked? Um, uh, the, 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 uh, gosh, now I'm, now I'm forgetting the, the guy's name. Um, the player out of Penn State. The, the, the all-world, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Was it a reach to grab? Uh, no. If you're first-round talent, you're first-round talent. Doesn't matter if it's eight. Four, 23, whatever. So the Falcons can't be afraid to pick a high caliber guy if you need that position. And again, I've said that if CJ Stroud somehow fell to eight, you can't pass on a CJ Stroud. Even though you may think that Desmond Ritter is the guy that said the other, you can't, you can't pass on a guy like that. If Jalen Carter falls to eight, he's a premier positional player at a definite need for this team. You can't be afraid to go that route. And yeah, again, we can talk about all of, you know, everybody's character flaws and, you know, whatever else is going on. But if you're first round talent, at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Are you a high impact player? Doesn't matter if, doesn't matter if Micah Parsons was drafted first overall, 10th overall, 20th overall. He's an impact player. 
you go back and redo that draft, there's not many guys that were in that draft that have been more of an impact than what Micah Parsons is. You think some other teams that drafted earlier than Micah Parsons, maybe this team, wouldn't look at him and say, wow, if we had Micah Parsons instead of player X, would we be a better franchise for it? Certainly. There's a lot of teams that would be like scratching their head like, wow, you know, we didn't pick that guy and we had a chance to pick him and now he's an all-world defensive player and defensive player of the year candidate and it's completely transformed the, the Cowboys' defense and helped really lead them to some playoff appearances. Gee, could we have used a guy like that? So the philosophy should be you get a guy that's first-round caliber talent that can even fill a need for you. You can't shy away from those couple of things. When you're as disastrous as we are on the defensive line, and it's a disaster, okay? There's no other way to spin it. When you're a disastrous football team at one of the most important positions when it comes to winning football games, you can't be afraid to draft guys high up. Maybe because, well, they're 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 lower mid-tier guy. No. If you're first round talent, you're first round talent. And you can never go wrong with those guys. Even if they don't set the entire league on fire, you still get a really good player that can help you win ball games. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And as all of the NCAA tournament is going on, obviously a lot of people's got their brackets busted and different things like that. But you're betting and you're looking at doing different things. Listen, go to FanDuel.com and get the no sweat first bet where you can win as much as $1,000 if your first bet doesn't win. $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to props and everything in between. Plus, FanDuel allows you to combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for that no-sweat first bet where you can get 1000 bucks if your first bet doesn't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So I've seen some articles and some Twitter chatter and all this good kind of stuff, right, that say, well, you know, because the Atlanta Falcons are such a run-heavy team that maybe we could look at, you know, there's some free agent high-caliber running backs on the marketplace. Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, guys that are on the marketplace right now. Well, why do you think that some of those guys are on the marketplace? Why do you think that those guys, you don't think that Zeke Elliott could help the Cowboys out? You don't think a Derrick Henry could help the Tennessee Titans out? Why are those guys on, on the scrap heap, for lack of a better term, of saying it? Because they're aging running backs in a position that ages out very quickly, and they cost you a whole lot of money. You know, Zeke Elliott is, a, is basically a, a, a cap hit kind of casualty. 
right? You've got a Pollard, and he averages five yards a carry, and they feel like they can run with him. Yeah, yeah is Ezekiel Elliott, you know, a good player? But when it comes to these things with the Atlanta Falcons, you have to say no to aging running backs. You, you, you can't afford to get money time. We did that a few years ago here, right? Well, maybe Todd Gurley's got something left in the tank, and maybe he can be a difference. And then come second half of the year, it was like that. Yeah, I had some good moments in the first half of the year. And then Father Time started catching up, and, you know, he just wasn't the same player down the stretch. So when it comes to our philosophy about running backs, I am perfectly fine with letting Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry and those guys pass you by, especially Derrick Henry at 29 years old. Now, you may not listen. In the grand scheme of life, that isn't old at all. In NFL terms, that's like having 40 years in the league, especially when you play running back. So it's not that those guys can't do some things or whatever like that, but to invest any real dollars in those guys doesn't make a lot of sense. This team has a really nice running back that they drafted in the fifth round. And certainly you, you look at a guy, you, you look at a guy in Tyler Algier that can do, and I'm not saying he's the same player. We talked about this before. I'm not saying he's the same player as a Michael Turner, but he can do some of the things that Michael Turner did. And he doesn't have a lot of tread worn off the tire. You know, he's not got thousands of carries in the league. He doesn't have that beat-up factor. And then you mix that up with a Cordero Patterson, who's another guy that doesn't have a real beat-up factor, right? Even Cordero Patterson doesn't have a lot of tread worn off that tire. You know, he's a relatively fresh kind of guy. I'm okay with all that. And, yeah, if you if you draft a rookie running back, you know, again, middle rounds or whatever like that, fine, stick him in. If you want Caleb Huntley back, fine, stick him in. But running back is like my least concerning position. That's my position of least concern when you talk about investing dollars and signing guys who probably, you know, again, the Ezekiel Elliott's and the Derrick Henry's, those guys have a lot of tread worn off the tire. You know, you're you're not running on slicks, but you're pretty close to it. You're, you're, you're pretty close to running on slicks. And, and again, a Zeke Elliott and a Derrick Henry is a lot of name value that I don't think really helps you to win a lot more ball games. That I don't think either of those guys bringing them in here transform your franchise into, okay, this is the tipping point where we, listen, I'll say it like this. I'll take Justin Houston or Ngakwe before I would take Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott. And those guys are older. And, and Ngakwe's not super old. He's like 27 years old. He's the same age as Elliott. But I'll even take Justin Houston at 34, 35. I'll take Melvin Ingram at 34, 35 years old before I would take an aging running back. Because if there's one skill set that I need more than anything, it's sacking the quarterback. And I don't care how many minutes, how many plays, what percentage of plays that those guys play. If I can sack the quarterback, that's a skill that I desperately need. I don't need to pay for Ezekiel Elliott and for Derrick Henry for things they've done in the past, right? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't look like a guy who's about to lead the league anytime soon. Now, again, 
somebody will probably pick those guys up, you know, and, and they may help a team win a few ball games and different things like that. But for what this franchise does and, and, and where we're at at that position, I just want the Falcons to say no to all of these aging running backs. I've got a really good young player in Tyler Algier. I've got a guy that's a veteran in Cordero Patterson that doesn't have a tremendous amount of beat up factor and everything with it. And whether or not I bring Caleb Huntley back, whether or not I, you know, draft a guy, whatever. Okay. Now at that point, we're talking about a third running back, right? If this offensive line can replicate some of the things that it did last year in the run game, I can make Tyler Algier into a 12 or 1300 yard running back. I can make, Cordero Patterson, a five or 600 yard running back. And then whatever option C is at that point, I can make them a 300 yard running back. And I'll be one of the top teams in the league running the football. And our philosophy will be to just mash people forward. But I don't want these aging running backs. Too much tread worn off the tire. And you're paying for all of the things, all of those Pro Bowl seasons, first team all pro season. You're paying for all of that stuff that they did in the past, not for what future performance is going to dictate. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, March Madness is here, and we got the March Madness bracket for Built Bars here, where if you go to BuiltMarchMadness.com, you can vote for your favorite bar or your favorite puff, right? So listen, we're going to give. 50 lucky Locked On listeners a chance to win a free box of built, built Bars when you go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. So vote for your favorite bar or puff, and you're going to be entered into a drawing to get a potentially 50 lucky winners that will win a box of Built Bar just by listening to the podcast here. And we're also giving one lucky Locked On listener a 12-month subscription to have built bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So listen, you got to try Built. Built's the best protein bar ever. Um, they're amazing. Again, whether you want the marshmallow puffs, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, whether you want your traditional protein bars, you can have the best of both worlds. But go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite and enter to win uh, uh, either a box of built bars with 50, 50 lucky winners for that, or a 12 month subscription. Head to built.com today. Well, let's say a prayer for the Atlanta Hawks tonight, right? Here's the thing so the Atlanta Hawks, number one, they won last night, took care of their business against Detroit. Detroit's a dreadful team, they're, they're a dreadful franchise, right? They still can't get out of their own way. Still a dreadful team. Good. Took care of business, blew them out, all that good kind of stuff. But <laughs> the Hawks are playing tonight. So that means they're on the back end of a back-to-back -back game series, right? Okay. We're like two and seven in back-to-back -back games. Okay. So that's not good. Then you're going on the road, right? So the Atlanta Hawks are going to be on the road in Minnesota, where the Hawks are 16 and 21 on the road this year, having just lost a 24-point lead to the San Antonio Spurs, who were the last team in the Western Conference. So let's see, back-to-back, -back, on the road, all right? Oh, and 
<laughs> the Toronto Raptors are playing at home tonight against the Indiana Pacers. So the Raptors are one game back of the Atlanta Hawks. So the Hawks are in the eighth seed. The Raptors are in the ninth seed. Toronto's at home where they are, ready, 23 and 13 at home. So they're a really good home team, 23 and 13 at home, 10 games above 500, and they're playing a lousy Pacers team, a bad Pacers team who's like eight games under 500, and the Pacers are 13 and 23 on the road. So you would think that the Raptors handle their business tonight, but I am worried because I'm going to say a little prayer tonight for the Hawks. Because if we lose tonight and the Raptors win, then that puts us in a tie for the 8-9 seed. Now, fortunately, the Hawks won the season series over the Raptors two games to one. So if it comes to a tiebreaker, that's what's going to be the deciding factor, right? Remember back a couple few years ago when the Hawks and the Knicks had the same record? And because the Knicks had won the regular season series... That's how they got, I think it was the four seed and we were the five seed the year that we made the run to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? So that head-to-head, -head, so thank goodness that, you know, we've got the season series over Toronto. We lost the opener, then won the next two games against them. So thank goodness we have all of that. But I have a bad feeling about what tonight is going to bring. And look, Minnesota's got Ant-Man hurt and, you know, they're kind of floundering around. They're not really sure if they're going to make the NBA playing round. You know, right now they are sitting in the nine seed. They're 36 and 37. So they've been very mediocre up down themselves. But let's say a little prayer that the Hawks find a way to go into Minnesota and win tonight. But there are a lot of things working against them. Back to backs on the road. You know, these Western Conference teams that aren't all that good. I mean, if look, the Hawks are not going to slip out of the playoff picture anytime soon. The, the teams that are outside the 10 seed, the Indianas and the Detroits and Orlando's and people like that, and even Washington, we're not going to fall below those teams. But again, that eight, nine seed, that's the difference between if you're, if you're the eight seed, okay, you play the seven seed and you have a chance to win that game and get the seven seed, or worst case scenario is you lose that game, then you host the winner of the 9-10 matchup. So you still, if you lose, have to play two games, but you know you for sure get one game at home, and, and it's the must-win game that you get at home, okay? If you're in that 9-10 seed area, you know, yes, if you're the nine, you'll host the, the 10 seed. That's where we were last year, right? We hosted Charlotte. Then we had to go on the road to win a must-win game to get in the first round. But obviously, you were only going to be the eighth seed at that point. So, uh, again, I know it doesn't sound like much, but it certainly is still better to be in that eighth seed than in that ninth seed. And then you have two chances to win, you know, one game. But certainly, you know, if you can get stay at that eighth seed, and you could win against the seven seed, you advance to play play the number two seed at this point, which again, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Boston, whether it's Philadelphia, 
I don't see how we're winning a series against any of those teams, but you would certainly rather be in the eighth seed. But let's say a little prayer tonight because the Hawks need to win because I do think that things set up for Toronto to win tonight. And now you're in a dead heat. And now every game becomes magnified about, whoo, can we stay at that eight seed? Or we, we've had Toronto nipping right on our heels. Forget seven, forget six. None of that's happening. I just want to stay in that eight seed and just stay comfortably there. And tonight would be one of those scenarios where if the Hawks could win and maybe Toronto could lose, or worst case scenario, Toronto wins, but we win, I'll feel a little bit better. But every game is magnified now with what the Hawks have left in their season. Every game is kind of, you know, shining a big spotlight on where they are at. So Hawks need a win tonight. Things would be a lot easier if they find a way to win and then we'll regroup. But back-to-backs on the road against the Western Conference, that's all got me a little bit nervous. And again, Toronto playing Indiana at home. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens with all that. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, the biggest stories of the day instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're available on Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to all of your podcasts from. Get the latest episodes of Hit and Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hit and Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.